Let's get our Bibles, our pens, and notepads ready as we go into the Word of God. Today, we're going to be teaching on a, a very interesting subject. Um, these past weeks, we've been learning about the subject of the Holy Spirit. We've been learning His work in our life. We've been learning how important He is. We've been learning how He is essential to the believer. And I believe all these sermons are made available on our listening podcasts, which you can have access to and go through them as well. Just as I always say, just because you ate chicken yesterday, it doesn't mean you will never eat it again. In the same way, the word of God is never void of power, it's never void of grace. It is ever enriching and empowering. Even something that you've listened to, you can listen to it again. That's why you notice how Jesus would echo words of certain people that wrote in the Old Testament, so as many other writers. Alright, so today we'll be looking at a very interesting subject under the, the series teaching of the Holy Spirit and we're going to be looking at a subject entitled the seven spirits of God hallelujah the seven spirits of God and it's okay I, I don't really expect so many people to be excited um, well it's, it's all dependent on how you are acquainted with this subject but definitely this is something that I would like to explain through scripture and help you understand on this subject matter so that you can walk in the fullness of his grace Revelation chapter number 1 and verse 4 Revelation chapter number 1 and verse 4 Okay, uh, give me the NKJV, please. Okay, wonderful. And I'm sure you've, you've seen, it's the book of Revelation, not Revelations. Just, just for your, your knowledge sake. It's the book of Revelation. Why? Because it's a revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Alright. Revelation chapter number 1, verse 4. The Bible says, John, to the servant churches which are in Asia grace to you and peace from him who is who or who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven what spirits who are before his throne all right so from this scripture you can already see that it is coming from the bible not necessarily a doctrine that is coined by a person that there is something known as the seven spirits but now when you look at this scripture we see the seven spirits giving a greeting it says to John this to the seven churches which are in Asia it says grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits so the seven spirits were sending a greeting now who are the seven spirits something that we're going to be looking at today okay wonderful so it seems like the seven spirits 
are sending a greeting and also it seems like the Bible is getting to first tell us about the seven spirits but not only does this scripture show us about the seven spirits in Revelation chapter number 3 and verse 1 we see something else concerning the seven spirits let's get there And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write these things. Say, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. So now in this particular scripture, an angel is instructed to say to the church, to one of the churches, it says, say these things. Also say this, this thing say, he who has the seven spirits. So, it's like an angel is being taught to tell the church that one who has the seven spirits is saying, I know your works. But now the question is, who is this one who has the seven spirits? Because first of all, in the first scripture, we are taught the seven spirits were sending out a greeting. Glory to God. I, I, I actually, I've actually heard someone from Kalingalinga who calls himself Seven Spirits. Apparently, he beats up people. So I was very intrigued. So in case I'm talking about the, about the Seven Spirits and you're thinking of that person, renew your mind. Hallelujah. Okay. Then. Let's, let's look at Revelation 4 verse 5. I just want to set a theological background for you to understand. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Mm. That's why it's important to have great insight and also revelation from the Lord because when you look at these scriptures, they can be so confusing. How is it that first time the seven spirits are sending a greeting? In the other verse, someone who has the seven spirits is speaking to the church. Now this time, the seven spirits are described as seven lamps of fire which burn before the throne. Glory to God. Don't worry. We're going to get to understand this. Alright. So, to help us understand what really the scriptures reveal about the seven spirits, of course there's, there's something that we really need to look at. Alright. From Isaiah chapter number 11 verse 1, there is a revelation that is poured out to us concerning the seven spirits. It's actually from 1 to 12, or rather 1 to 4, but we're going to first start from verse 1. Remember the first time the seven spirits were sent in a greeting, then the second time someone who had the seven spirits was speaking to the church. Now notice this, in Isaiah chapter number 11 verse 1, the Bible says, There shall come forth a rod 
from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Next verse. Then the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Alright, go back to the, next, to the previous verse. So first of all, the Bible is showing us that a rod is going to stem forth from Jesse. And then this rod is going to have the Spirit of the Lord come upon him. Now, you will definitely understand from Scripture that this rod that is being talked about is the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we know that he is the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the Bible shows us that he stems forth from Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. And that's why in the Scriptures you will see that Jesus came from the line of David. No wonder he's called son of David. Hallelujah. But then the Bible shows us that this rod will have the Spirit of the Lord come upon him. So from here we get to understand that Jesus Christ is the one that has the seven spirits of God. But the, now the biggest question is, what are the seven spirits of God? As opposed to what many people think and believe, the seven spirits of God is simply one, the Holy Spirit, who expresses himself in different dimensions. The seven spirits of God is not seven individual spirits but one spirit who expresses himself in different dimensions. And the expression of the Holy Spirit is very diverse because even in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 11, if I'm not mistaken, it shows us about spiritual gifts. Okay? It shows us about spiritual gifts. And then it says this. Please get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. Look at this. It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, which are what? The gifts. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. Meaning, even when the gifts are in operation, the scriptures say it's one and the same Spirit. In the same way, when we're talking about the seven Spirits of God, it's one Holy Spirit expressing himself in different dimensions glory to god and so why the number seven when you study biblical numerology or the study of numbers you get to understand that even god uses numbers as symbols and prophetic signs to help us understand certain things like i'll give you an example number one signifies the beginning. Number two signifies a witness. Number three signifies God. Number four signifies balance. Number five signifies grace. Number six signifies man. And number seven signifies fullness or completeness. Hallelujah. So when we are talking about the seven spirits of God, 
we are trying to show and explain the fullness of the spirit we are trying to understand and walk in the fullness of the holy spirit now one thing you understand is that from the old testament men and women of god were given a measure of the spirit they were given a measure of the spirit meaning they did not have the fullness or yeah they did not really walk in the fullness of the spirit they had a measure and that's why when you look at samson there's something that is associated with him that is different from what you see in moses when you look at moses there's something different that you see in him that is in gideon they had different measures when you look at samuel you find that moses is a prophet samuel is a prophet but the way they operate very differently why because of the measure that was given to them but in john 3 the bible actually shows us this is in john 3 verse 34 yeah verse 34 in john 3 verse 34 the bible actually tells us that jesus was given a spirit without measure it says for he whom god has sent speaks the words of god for he does not give the spirit by measure in short jesus was anointed with a spirit without measure hallelujah but remember we're talking about the seven spirits of god let us get to understand the fullness of this spirit let us get to understand the fullness of the holy spirit imagine if jesus could receive the spirit without measure then he tells us i also send you then it is expected for us to also receive the fullness of the spirit without measure someone will say no uh, we are given the spirit by measure that's why we are limited no 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 no. we are not limited because we are given a spirit by measure because when we say a spirit by measure we're saying is a limited holy spirit but we are given an unlimited spirit yet we are taught something in first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 19 look at what we are taught you've been given the full spirit of measure but look at what you've been taught as we are reading that scripture I'll, I'll ask my team who I assigned to give me something 4 verse 19 19 there's 18 okay go to 18 therefore comfort one another no 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 not that scripture god find find for me the scripture do not five rather five five sorry yeah five verse 19 five verse 19 okay wonderful do you see that the bible says do not quench the spirit you've been given a spirit without measure yet the bible says do not quench do you know what to quench is to quench is imagine you've been given a fire or rather there's a fire made available for you then 
you begin to reduce that fire. I believe those people who cook on firewood, Malasha, know how to quench fire, isn't that so? So in the same way, the Bible says, do not quench the spirit. So something that you quench, you cannot walk in fullness. I have an illustration for you. May not be the best of illustrations. This is not full of water. Yeah. I have an illustration for you. Just quickly fill this up. Okay, yeah, thank you. So in in this in this what do you call this? Yeah. We are in the same boat. So I'll call it a vessel. In this vessel, there are two balls that are significant or rather that represent. This vessel represents you and these balls, these, these little balls inside represent, let's say, the flesh or your own will. Now in Ephesians chapter number 5 verse 18, the Bible actually tells us that do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, this means you allow Him to function in your life in His fullness. Okay, so I'm attempting to pour water in as signifying the Holy Spirit. Alright, now what gets to happen is that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the things that are in your life, the things which are called the flesh and everything else start getting displaced. They start getting displaced. So when the Holy Spirit wants to fill you, this means he wants to ensure there is no room for the flesh. He wants to ensure there is no room for you to rely on yourself. He wants to ensure there is no room for you to rely on other things. And so, getting filled by the Spirit is doing what? Allowing God to take control fully. And this is what happens when you get filled. Everything is displaced. Do you see that? And that means you are functioning in the fullness of the spirit. But you see, sometimes people may have the spirit of the Lord. Of course we have the spirit of the Lord by virtue of us being born again. But we don't want to be full of the spirit. We don't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to keep the Holy Spirit and keep the flesh. We want to give the Holy Spirit 4% of our life. But remember, if you give him 4% of your life, you are him. And then you still have the flesh. You still have that other side. But when the Holy Spirit is given full place, total surrender, then everything else is displaced. What am I saying? I'm not saying that temptations will not come, but when they come, they will not find any room. They will not find a room. When storms come, they will not find any room. It's full. Ah, And so today when we're talking about the seven spirits of God, 
it is a great desire for God to actually have us walk in the fullness of his spirit not partially in the fullness of his spirit praise be to God forevermore and so today we're going to look at the seven spirits of God and we're going to see how the seven spirits of God are expressed in different ways Isaiah chapter number 1 verse 11 verse 1 let's read again and I want us to see the seven spirits of God Isaiah chapter number 11 vision please no more there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots next verse The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So now, remember I said, and we've even seen from, 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 from Revelation, that Jesus who is the Lord, actually has the Spirit of God. And we've, or other, actually has the seven spirits. And we've also seen from Revelation chapter number 1, verse 4, that the seven spirits were sent in greetings. Which is to show you that <laughs> the Holy Spirit can send greetings. Why? It is, his, it is in his jurisdiction and authority. He's able to do that. It certainly cannot be an angel. We've never seen angels send greetings. Oh, hi, Mary. I was, I'm from heaven. My name is Angel Gabriel. Michael was saying hi. No. Not, nothing. Even though people like Angel Michael are seriously high-ranking angels such that he's an angel that fights for the church, yet we don't see any greeting. Glory to God. But then the seven spirits were able to give greetings, which, which I actually said the seven spirits are or is the Holy Spirit expressed in different dimensions or ways? Praise be to God. So now, the Bible actually reveals to us the seven expressions. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord. Number two, the Spirit of Wisdom. Number three, the Spirit of Understanding. Number four, the Spirit of Counsel. Number five, the Spirit of Might. Number six, the spirit of knowledge. And number seven, the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. All these are what the expressions of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to get to this. But let's also read Revelation 5 verse 6. To show us, okay, yes, we know it's the Spirit of the Lord, but where, where are their operations? And I looked and beheld in the midst of the throne, and four living creatures in the midst of them, the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, 
Remember, stood a lamb that had been slain. Then it says, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. So Jesus definitely has the seven spirits of God, or rather has the Holy Spirit. Then it says, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth? Why have they been sent out? So that you can walk in the fullness. Why, have, why are they here? Why, why is it described that the seven spirits of the Lord are here? So that you can walk in the fullness. Of course, when you do your study of Revelations, you will notice there is the book of Revelation, you will notice there are there's seven horns, seven eyes, seven stars, seven trumpets, seven lampstands. That's, that's, that's a research that you can actually do. But it's clear, the Bible actually shows us the seven stars are the seven angels to a church. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. But that's not what we're talking about. Today we're talking about the seven spirits of God. And the Bible has revealed that the seven spirits of God, who is one Holy Spirit expressed in different uh, dimensions or manifestations, is here on earth. If we want, we can say sevenfold Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I just want to ensure that everyone has gotten it from here. And uh, I once was in a meeting and I had a very strange prayer that removed me from the heavenly places. And someone was saying, Spirit of the Holy Spirit, touch me. I say, hey, as in everything within me was so, you know, confused. Because someone talked about the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, which is a, it's a dimension on its own, which I wouldn't understand. Alright, so the seven spirits of the Lord, or the seven spirits of God, is simply one Holy Spirit expressed in different manifestations. One Holy Spirit expressed in different manifestations. But I'll tell you this. Why should we focus on this? The reason we should focus on this is that when you have the fullness, or rather when you walk in the fullness of something, there is going to be a certain enjoyment. I'm going to give you an example. Today, if you had an iPhone, and if you had... A Samsung tablet as your own you know devices you're, you're going to appreciate them in a certain way of course with an iPhone you'll not be sending music which is something with something good you don't want to be troubled send me this song you just type iPhone yeah and you know other things like that then with a the tablet of course you'll be you you have a benefit of reading books. You know, it's, it's, it's so diverse. All right. Now, in the same way, when we walk in the fullness of the Spirit, there are certain things that we get to enjoy when we walk in each facet, or rather each expression of Him. So in Isaiah chapter number 11, verse 2, the Bible begins to reveal to us the seven spirits of God. And let us look at them one by one. I'm going to cruise. 
The first one is the Spirit of the Lord. Now, have you observed in revealing concerning this dimension, it says the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. So when we're talking about this dimension, we're talking about a facet of the spirit of the, a facet of the Holy Spirit that comes to rest upon us. Now, if you look at the word Lord, it comes from the word Adon, where we get our word Adonai, which means master. In short, in short, when we, we, we when we say the spirit of the Lord, or when we talk about the Lord, Lord simply means honor, master. So this facet, or rather this stream of God's spirit manifesting in us causes us to walk in dominion. Causes us to walk in dominion. You see, where there is a Lord, where there is a master, you cannot separate a master and a king from authority. So when there is a king, when there is a master, when there is a ruler, they have authority. They have rulership. And so when the spirit of the Lord comes to rest upon us, he causes us to walk in dominion. He causes us to walk in authority. He is the one that when he comes in our life, he causes us to walk in certain realms of authority. And that's why, have you observed, when the Spirit of the Lord would come upon certain people, whether in the Bible or even in such times, they would make mention and make certain declarations. Imagine a man telling the son to stop. Joshua. Of course we know it was not the son that stopped. The one which was moving. He taught the son to stop. But the system obeyed that stop. It is not me, the son. Hello, F, stop, you hurt. Everything obeyed. And the earth stopped. That's serious authority dominion someone can walk in someone can say hey no more rains no more no more no more rains Nishi, he knows they are farmers in fact in the old testament there was a lot of famine he says no more rains what so which which means <laughs> no matter how you've gone fasting all rain come down all rain come down there's someone who's already closed why? Because he was functioning by the Spirit of the Lord. And you see people like Elijah who would have the Spirit of the Lord come upon him and do tremendous things. The Bible would say the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and on one occasion he sent a delegation ahead of him with horses. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, the Bible says he began to run. He began to run so fast that he caught up with that delegation which was riding on horses. 
Hey, what kind of man can run like that? If we could, if we could talk about the fastest man in the Bible, we we'll say it's Elijah. Because he caught up with horses. Horses have gone. Him hours later. Oh, okay, I'm sure they are reaching by now. And then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he begins to run. So the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord that comes upon us as the first dimension or the first manifestation helps us to walk in authority and in dominion. To dominate in life. He's the one that helps us to dominate in life. He enables us to be in charge. He's the one that by virtue of us being born again, we function in authority. That's why today you will be able to say, mountain move. And you say that by the Spirit of the Lord. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say you've been called to a life of dominion. I'm trying to say you've been called to a life of victory. I'm trying to say you've been called to a life of authority. But I'll tell you this, not all believers are walking in that reality today. So now the biggest question is why are they not walking in that reality? In those days, we are able to say, no, he didn't have this measure of the Spirit. But in these days where we've been given the Spirit without measure, today, if you are suffering with so many demonic attacks in your life, we will not say the devil is at work. We will tell you, why are you allowing him? Who will not say yes, Satana Nanjito Zona, Sangamusi, Emana Zona. Ah, Abutika Zona. Who will come to you and say, Why are you allowing him? You who has the Spirit of the Lord. You who should walk in dominion. Why? 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 Who will not, we'll, we'll, before we deal with spiritual deliverance, we'll start with physical deliverance. We'll hit you first in the head. And say, Why? 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 Why should you be tempered with when you have the spirit that causes you to function in authority and dominion? Why? And that's what the spirit of the Lord comes to awaken in our lives. To awaken that we should function in authority. To awaken that we should walk in dominion. Do you know what dominion is? It's to dominate in charge. Now the question is, are you dominating in your life today? Which areas of your life are not dominating? It's time to get acquainted with the Spirit of the Lord. And say, Spirit of the Lord, come upon me. That's why even Jesus Christ, just before he started his ministry, the Bible says he was baptized and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. As a form of a dove. Afterwards, he went into fasting. He comes out of fasting. He goes and reads the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
He has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Number two, the Spirit of Wisdom. Paul made a prayer in Ephesians chapter number one, verse 17. And he prayed for the saints. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the spirit of wisdom is another expression of the Holy Spirit. But now the spirit of wisdom works in a very interesting way. Of course, we get to describe wisdom as uh, knowledge applied. But of course, in the kingdom of God, it's beyond that. The spirit of wisdom is what gives us access to divine insight and direct divine insight to the plans and purposes of God divine insight this is serious insight and when you have the spirit of wisdom resting upon you there's a certain way you would handle people the bible actually reveals to us that there's a man by the name of moses who had the spirit of wisdom and on one occasion he laid his hands on joshua and the spirit of wisdom also came upon joshua you require wisdom to lead more than millions of people Serious wisdom. It was not easy. How does a man just say, Hey, the Lord is delivering you. Let's go, follow me. And no, no, Lord, think about it. Imagine today if a man comes from nowhere and says, Hi, I am the chosen one. Follow me. Ah, the chosen one. And they start following. How? How is it? Because Moses comes and says, look, this is where the Lord spoke to me. And he wants to deliver you. Follow me. He, he had divine wisdom. He had divine wisdom. Insight to the plans of God. In the same way, when the spirit of wisdom is working in your life, there's a certain way you're going to think. There's a certain way you're going to perceive things. There's a certain way you're going to look at things. There's a certain way you're going to have insight and apply that insight. Remember I said, every time we have something, it is for a certain benefit. And I, I actually deliberately that instruction that many of you were writing, the prayer point, I, I actually deliberately did that. And I, I have a few things that I have noticed that many of you were asking for. Number one which came out was money. Number one was money. And I said, that's good. It's, it's, it's a good thing. But no one made a prayer saying, I want God. <laughs> Well, it's okay because you already have him. <laughs> Alright. 
So now, when you have wisdom, there are certain things that follow you. When we read Proverbs chapter number 4 and this 7 Proverbs chapter number 4 and verse 7 Are we there? Yeah. The Bible says wisdom is a principal thing. And it says, therefore get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. So the Bible actually gets to show us how wisdom is a fundamental property. And it goes on to show us, that should be in Proverbs 16. I'm not so sure where the other, the, the other scripture is. Yeah, it's in Proverbs 16. And the Bible gets to show us that having wisdom is better than having gold. Having wisdom is better than having gold. Which actually means having wisdom is better than having money. But take note, it actually says it is better. It doesn't mean money is bad. It actually says it is better to have wisdom than to have gold. Now, why is it better? It is better because when you have certain insights, or rather when you have divine insights, or even putting it this way, when you have wisdom, you will not worry about money. What do I mean when I say you will not worry about money? You will not become a stranger to money. That's why the Bible shows us the man who seemed to be the wisest on earth by the name of Solomon had money. He was seriously, he was rich in wisdom, yet he was rich in the pockets as well. So you cannot really separate wisdom from money. But if you have money, yet you are not wise, that money might deplete. And so the wisdom of God is there to cause us to win in these facets of life, which include our finances. Yes, God wants us to be loaded as well. I mean, who will finance the kingdom if we are all broke? How will the, how, how will the, how will the message of Jesus Christ reach the world if we are all broke? And someone will say, no, we are being humble. Poverty is not humility, it's a misrepresentation. I'm telling you, it's, it's not humility. It's misrepresenting the king. Imagine today, if your own, if your own child, you, you are looking very nice, your own child, here it's done, here it's shiny, here it's shiny. And they say, I'm a Dorothy. Is this your child? Ah. If you are not careful, you might deny your child. Who you are? So poverty is a misrepresentation of our king who owns all silver and gold. And so the spirit of wisdom gives us divine insights. Gives us divine insights to function greatly. Gives us divine insights to bring solutions. The Bible shows us how Solomon had divine insights. 
he was able to bring a solution. Wisdom is definitely for solutions. And when you have solutions, there is going to be a demand for you. And when there is a demand for you, they have to pay for you. So yes, the spirit of wisdom comes to give us divine insights, to give us divine solutions, that we can provide solutions to so many people. That's why if you are a born-again believer, do not run away from problems. Do not run away from problems. If you are at work, everything is not, you find today something is not going well. You say, ah, boss, No, 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 don't do that. Don't run away from problems. The Lord deliberately sets you up in such conditions so that the spirit of wisdom can manifest. So that it can manifest. Imagine from nowhere, everything seems to be okay, then they suddenly call you. Hey, there's an emergency here. Ah, I am a ducky. Why am I a ducky? Satana Nanchitu. When will we stop blaming the enemy and start initiating solutions? So the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, allows us to walk in this divine wisdom in the midst of problems. And I thank God right now, the whole world is going through a lot of problems. And we need the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom to start manifesting in people. To start bringing solutions. And say, hey, don't worry. I know the dollar is at 20 kwacha. I have an idea. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a plan. Let us do this. And not us saying, oh, you know, may I can't understand this. Every time, look at this, these results. I'm just going to vote in 2021. Of course, we're going to vote, but let us also allow the spirit of wisdom to initiate solutions in this time. No wonder I thought at the beginning of the year, do not add to the pollution when you are a solution. Don't add to the pollution. Let them talk. Let them, let them talk about this and that. For us, let's bring solutions. And those divine insights can only come by the spirit of wisdom. It took divine wisdom to allow Joseph, who did not study economics, to give counsel to Pharaoh and said, this is how you should survive in a seven-year famine. He did not have any degree paper in economics, but we call him our, our biblical economist. He was able to preserve Egypt in a time of famine, seven years, one Jose. Oh yes, that was divine wisdom that he had at work and how do we pray we pray lord i need to walk in i i need to walk in dominion thank you for the spirit of the lord that is upon me i need to walk in divine insights for the sake of my company for the sake of my country oh thank you for the spirit of wisdom it operates in me it, it, it functions within me and you will be shocked you will begin to think differently praise be to god 
Number three. We go back to Isaiah 11. Number three. The spirit of what? Of understanding. The spirit of understanding. It's the same prayer that Paul made in Ephesians. He says, I pray that you receive the spirit of wisdom. Then he says that your understanding be enlightened. So understanding is important. And that's why when we read from Proverbs 4 verse 7, the Bible actually says, wisdom is a principal thing. Get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Understanding. The spirit of understanding is another expression of the spirit of, of, of the seven spirits of God. And one thing you need to understand concerning understanding is that when you have understanding, you have establishment. You have establishment. When you have wisdom, we've said there are going to be solutions. There's going to be a demand for you. You're not going to be worried about money. And also, there's going to be a building. Remember the Bible in Proverbs says, a house is built by wisdom. A house is built by wisdom. It's not built by people in love. <laughs> You've missed that one. It's not love that builds a house. So if you've got two foolish people in love, <laughs> then you've got a foolish house. It says a house is built by wisdom. Then it says it is established by understanding. Having the spirit of understanding, someone would describe wisdom as knowing what to do but understanding is knowing how to do it you know that uh, i need to study that's why it's of you but how do i study when you know how to do it now that's when you have understanding that's why the bible says get wisdom but in all you're getting get understanding as well please that's why i say understanding the spirit of understanding allows you to be established and every time someone has lack of understanding they begin to lose out i'll show you from the parable of the lost of the sower matthew 13 verse 4. the bible actually shows us that one of the sowers was sowing you know his seed on different grounds so look at this it says as he sought some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Did you see that? He sought seeds. Some seed fell on the wayside and some and what happened? Birds came and devoured them. Now go to verse 19. That's where we get the, the interpretation of this. The seed that fell on the wayside. Verse 19. It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Hear that? 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in his heart? When you lack understanding, you lose things. You lose things. When you lack understanding, <laughs> those things which they are stealing in your life, it's not because the enemy is powerful. It's because you lack understanding. It's because you are lacking understanding. Listen, it says the word of the kingdom. It was preached. It was preached, but they did not understand it. And so what did the birds do? What did the enemy do? Snatched it away. So without understanding, no establishment. So what does the Spirit of the Lord come to do? What does, the, what does the Holy Spirit come to do? He comes to give us the Spirit of understanding. So that when we understand, oh my goodness, even when the birds come, when the enemy comes to, start to snatch it away from us, they cannot. Why? We understand what, and whatever we understand is established. So when you understand, it's a simple thing. Everything else becomes under and you take the stand. That's understanding. Ah. Everything else is under, then you take the stand. That's understanding. And that's why God wants to give us the spirit of understanding. Most of you in your notes right now, you prayed for money. Your solution is the spirit of wisdom. Some of you now prayed for protection and breakthrough. You need understanding. You need understanding. So yes, it's possible to even listen to a message like this. But if you don't allow the spirit of understanding to allow you to understand certain things, it can't work for you. There are so many people who know John 3 verse 16 but do not understand it. They don't understand it. There are so many people who know so many scriptures. They do not understand it. And so they say, no, Pastor, me when I was praying, I was praying the word of God. You told me to pray uh, Ephesians chapter Nankani. This what? But it seems there was no result for you. Why was there no result? You were not praying with understanding. Ah. Oh, precious Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit. And that's why when Jesus gave this parable, read up, just go to verse 13. Yeah, verse 13. When Jesus gave this parable, the disciples asked him, Why are you telling them things that they understand? And Jesus answered, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see. Is this verse 13? Verse 12, go to verse 12. Verse 11, sorry. And he answered to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. The disciples asked, Why? Is it that you're speaking to them in parables? He says, no. To them, they don't have understanding. But to you, it has been given. It has been given 
to know the mysteries, to understand them. And when you understand them, what happens? You are established. Yeah, then go to the next verse. I like what it says. The next verse says, And for whoever has, to him more will be given. Do you see why when you have understanding, you get more? It's built upon building, upon building. Then it says, to, it says, For whoever has, him more will be given and will have abundance. But whoever has, who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Remember when I said when you lack understanding, things will be snatched from you? It says if you don't have it, even the little thing that you have will be taken away from you. Look at verse 15. For the hearts of these people have grown down, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and with their ears, and uh, with their ears and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. So when you hear with your ears, when you see with your eyes and when you understand with your hearts, you will turn and you will be healed. This means for you to have a turnaround, you have to understand first. You are believing for a turnaround in your life. You need to understand something. And that's why we need the spirit of understanding. We can't just be financial turnaround. Turn around, turn around. No understanding. You just know how to turn around. Number four, the spirit of counsel. Ooh, I love this one. The spirit of counsel. The spirit of counsel provides direction to us. Direction is important. Remember Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Why? Because your understanding will fail you. Then it says, Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your what? Your path. The Bible also goes on to say, The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, which means we are not exempt from direction. We need it. In whatsoever step, we need direction. Even though someone is going to tell you, hey, if it's got to do with marriage, you should find yourself. Don't trouble God. You just go find it, find it. Ah, then who is ordering your steps if you're finding alone? But we're not talking about that subject today. The spirit of counsel is important. And from scripture, the Bible shows us anyone that walks in counsel is preserved. Anyone that walks in counsel is, is, is safe. The Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counselors. So when you, don't, when you lack counsel and direction in your life, you're not safe. You're not safe. 
Imagine in Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16 and verse 6. The Bible shows us how the Holy Spirit was given counsel. Jesus tells, imagine, Jesus tells the whole world and tells the disciples, go and preach the gospel in every nation. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, Now, when they had gone through Pigria and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. <laughs> but Jesus, you said they should go everywhere. But this time, the Bible is showing us that the Spirit of the Lord is giving them counsel, forbidden. To preach in Asia, which should show you that the law of counsel always supersedes the law of faith. Yeah, you can generally be taught to do certain things, but when counsel comes, you need to obey it. And the Bible shows us that the Holy Spirit told them, Don't preach the word in Asia. So imagine if they had preached and they were killed. Lord, you left us. No, you left his counsel. So some of the things that we go through in life is not because the Lord has forsaken us. Some of the things is because we are walking outside the counsel of God. Outside the counsel of God. Don't go there you are going. I was once instructed. Someone once made an appointment with me some years ago. But that appointment was a fake appointment. Apparently they wanted me to come and they had put charms in the house. And so they wanted me to go there and... I don't know what they wanted their charms to do. Perhaps they wanted to kill me, I don't know. You know these little plans of the enemy. And... They make this appointment and say, Man of God, come, we need healing. Our family, shanshani. And so I said, okay, no problem, we're going, to, we're, we're going to go. I said, I'm coming with my team, don't worry. And the day which we're supposed to go, somehow the counsel of the Lord intervened. And I ended up not going. Like I was stopped. No. Now notice, I've gone to places before where people have put charms in the house. Well, not really against me, but they are just charms in the house. And we even destroy charms. We, we destroyed a lot of charms with even Jigon Samuel. Yeah, there was one charm they, they, I told them to go and burn. It wasn't burning. Then they came to me. Pastor, the charm is not burning. I said, what do you want me to do? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. So. I've gone to different places, so it, it was possible for me to go there. And I believe nothing was going to happen. But counsel just came, don't go. Don't go. And it was very necessary for, for me to obey. Praise be to God. So there are times the Lord will give you counsel over certain areas of your life. Obey. Do you know what made Saul lose 
his throne he put aside counsel they told him when you go for a war make sure everything you destroy make sure everything you destroy and you know what so said he says ah i'm not going to when he saw the things he says no 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 these things i'm not going to destroy them these things are too nice let me please the lord and sacrifice these unto the lord it will be a pleasing offering god is going to say ah we're sharp we're zone as well and that's how so definitely felt he says no god says destroy no no let me sacrifice them unto the lord samuel comes boom you you know what the lord has rejected you is god is the only boss that fires you and still keeps you in office <laughs> So the Lord rejected him, fired him, yet he was still king. And God actually told Samuel to go and anoint another king, <laughs> who's, who's David. Now, Saul wanted to defend himself and say, ah, but I sacrificed to the Lord these things. These things are good things. I sacrificed to the Lord. What wrong have I done? And that's where Samuel teaches that obedience is better than sacrifice. He didn't follow. What counsel have you received in your life today? Are you giving heed to it? What direction is the Lord been leading you of late? Are you giving heed to it? That counsel he told you, pray for that person. Uh-huh. That counsel he gave you to encourage someone. Are you giving heed to it? Because today, any form of counsel that you neglect from the Lord, another counsel you will reject. And when you keep rejecting his counsel, slowly you walk outside the will of the Lord. And that's why he sends us the spirit of counsel. So that we may walk in safety. And safety is a very important thing. Quickly, we go to the fifth one. The spirit of might. The spirit of might is the fifth dimension of the seven spirits of God. And one of the people that really had the spirit of might in the scriptures is a man by the name of Samson. He had the spirit of might. When the spirit of might is at work in you, it energizes uh, you both in and out. And Samson had the spirit of might. And this was definitely his secret. One thing you have to know is that if Samson did not have the spirit of might, there are certain things that he could not really do as he did. The Bible says he killed a thousand people, he carried a gate and the like. But then people were shocked. Pasa, why? Where is your secret? One thing you have to know is that Samson looked just like me. <laughs> Samson, Samson as opposed to what so many people think, Samson was not pumped. He was not buff. 
Perhaps not even close to Nintichi. Now listen, if Samson was a muscle man, Delilah would not have asked, what is your secret? <laughs> we would have said, if my muscles by me, maybe. What should you do to these muscles? Pah! Hit him. People were shocked. How, sir, how are you carrying a gate? Sir, how are you beating 1,000 people? The way you are looking. Like Sakawita. Why? No, no, no. There's something wrong. Tell us your secret. His secret was a spirit of might. The spirit of might can make someone that looks very, very, very small to defeat giants. The spirit of might can make someone that looks very, very, very useless to achieve great things. And that's why there's a small boy, he's 17 years old, who has the spirit of might operating in his life. And he says, ah, sir, I killed a bear. Sir, I killed a lion. What? You are 17 years old. Meanwhile, we have 30 year olds running away from Poppy. <laughs> huh? No. And then, listen, he is killing a lion. He is killing a bear. We have 30 odds. Kapo pike kapoela. Hello, 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 hello. Can you please remove this dog? No, it doesn't bite. Ah, simfuna maya soy. They have told you the dog doesn't bite. Ah, one of my temptation. But here's a 17 year old. The Bible says he killed a bear. He killed a lion. If you knew the bite force of a bear, if you knew the bite force of a bear, the bite force of a bear can crush your bones. One car crushed, mashed human being. And then the Bible says this man defeated it. Unusual strength. The spirit of might gives you unusual strength. The spirit of might gives you unusual strength. But when I'm talking about unusual strength, especially in the New Testament, I'm not talking about power to beat people. I heard someone says, Mulungun Samusoni, No, 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 no. That one was out of your anger. You yeah? are shaking. I feel the power. We, we really need to be aligned to God's way of doing things. It's, it's really not fair. I once saw a, a woman threaten a conductor because she was not giving him change. Do you know who I am? Do you know the authority that I have? You can die just here. Hey, conductor. Not here, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, this is abuse. The spirit of might gives us strength. And when I'm talking about strength, he gives us unusual strength. When I'm talking about unusual strength, I'm talking about strength that leaves you stable. Strength that gives you stamina. Such that when you're going through hard times, they tell you things are not going to work out for you. Ah, you're there. 
they will tell you this and this, you lost this relative here and there. This one breaks up with you. This one does this. This one does that. Problem after problem. But it's like, Mugais Nisimbi. That's the spirit of might. I'm telling you. That's the spirit of might. Some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you, when you look at us, some of you, when you look at us or when you look at your friends, it seems like we don't go through issues. If someone, I once heard someone say, I tap, me, I, I tap into that life. I want to be like him. I say, you tap a tax. Yeah, careful. Be careful. You tap a tax. Just because someone doesn't look like nothing is going on, it doesn't mean there's nothing that's going on. Do you know the battles that some people have to fight? Do you know the things that they have to go through? Do you know the things that they have to go through? Do you know that even as a pastor, you need the spirit of might at work in you? Otherwise, you can give up. Today, you are blessing a marriage. Tomorrow, funeral. Today, congratulations. Tomorrow, someone has, has, has got a heartbreak. So it's like your emotions are going here, 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 here. It's like, guys, I'm only a human being. And you need the spirit of might. Whether whatever season, you're like this. Simbi, Simbi. Ion, Shabbat, Ion. Hallelujah. And that's what the spirit of might does. Gives you unusual strength. Gives you unusual strength for the journey. The journey that you may be going through may be tough. The journey that you may be going through may be hard. But when you have the spirit of might, you will go through the storm. And you say, and we stand in here only because you may. Unshakable. Unshakable. God knows. God knows. Jesus said it. There will be trouble in this world. He said it. It's not, no one needs to prophesy to you that problems are coming. He says there will be trouble, but he says, don't worry, I have overcome this world. And then he gives you the spirit of might, such that you walk in tough times, such that you walk like David who says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Such that you would say, like, even though the waters and the fires come, you will still stand. You will be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even though they increase the fire seven times, you say, show me, show me the fire. Show me the fire. I know a God who is able to make me to stand in that fire. And the Bible shows us when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, the ones who died are the ones who were throwing Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. It was too hot. It was too hot. I'm telling you, there's a reality. There's a reality that God wants us to experience. The same God who was, the same God who is to come is the same God who is, who wants us to experience this reality. The same things that is written in the scriptures, where a snake bites Paul and he shakes it off, that should be our reality. That should be our reality. We are not telling stories. We are living true life stories. We are living in them. We are walking in them. It should be said of us. It should be said of you. Oh, do you know that lady by the name of Aura? She went through things here and there. But she never gave up. She was so strong. There are certain people, the Lord may give them a certain spirit of mind to find they've gone through things. Ask certain people the things that they've gone through in the past. Problems after problems. At the age of two, they were raped. At the age of five, this and this happened. At the age of ten, this and this happened. But today they are speaking. They are, they are so strong. There's a certain man of God. 
he doesn't have limbs i've just forgotten his name he preaches he has no hands he's got no legs when people are looking at him they are feeling sorry for him but when he looks at an unbeliever he's feeling sorry for them that they don't know what they have they don't know what they have and that's what the spirit of might does he gives us unusual strength are you lacking strength you need you need to plug into the power of the holy spirit you need to plug into the power of the holy spirit look every request that you've sent me all your answers are in the fullness of the spirit of god all of them you want money you want strength you want breakthrough the spirit of wisdom is there for you the spirit of the lord is there for you the spirit of might the spirit of understanding and number six the spirit of knowledge the Bible shows us how knowledge is a vehicle. It's a vehicle. The Bible says, through knowledge, the just shall be delivered. Now, deliverance is not a single event. Deliverance is moving you from one place to another. That's why when we say Israel was delivered, they were delivered from Egypt to promised land. So, deliverance Deliverance is not complete without a destination. That's why knowledge is a vehicle. The Bible says we were delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, the Lord Jesus. And so knowledge is our vehicle. Knowledge is our vehicle for movement in life. There are times we feel so stuck in life. There are times we feel like things are not going well. There are times we feel like we're on a standstill. What do you need? Get knowledge. Get into a vehicle that will take you from another place to another. In fact, the Bible actually says this. This is in Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 16. Hope so. Yeah. That he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Next verse. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you've been rooted Grounded, grounded in love. Yes, next scripture. Uh, next verse. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length, the breadth, and the height. So it talks about us getting to comprehend. It talks about us getting to know. In fact, the Bible actually says there is a knowledge that surpasses normal knowledge there is a knowledge that surpasses head sense and if we that's there it says to know the love of christ which passes knowledge how do you know how do you know about christ which surpasses knowledge how do you have knowledge which surpasses knowledge like is you know <laughs> getting confused it says know the love of christ which surpasses knowledge now this knowledge there is simply acquired knowledge by man meaning there's a certain knowledge that man may have access to but then there's a certain knowledge that we 
who are believers, born of God, may have access to and knowledge that only God has. No wonder it's a knowledge that surpasses knowledge. And if you have knowledge, if you have the spirit of knowledge, it is a vehicle that will take you from one place to another. Lastly, the fear of the Lord, number seven. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is something that has not really been understood by many. I heard someone say, I fear two things in life, number one, God, and number two, hunger. I said, okay. Because when you look at the description of the word fear there, already you see that it's, it's wrong. When we talk about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord does not mean timidity. It does not mean being scared of God. So if you say there are, there are two things I fear, the Lord and hunger, this actually means you are developing a scary kind of uh, mindset. But the fear of the Lord is not being scared of God. It's not being scared of God. The fear of the Lord is reverential fear. It's having reverence. It's having reverence, respect. Have you seen what happens when an elderly comes to a certain place? Usually those that are young will give respect. Not because they are scared, it's reverence. And that's why we sing, Mwali wa malayawe Mwali wa malayawe Omuchinchi twa nipela Mwetata That's reverence. Respect. Respect. very interesting that the Holy Spirit comes in our life to help us respect reverence the Lord every time you see a very important and serious figure in your life there's always going to be a level of respect you're going to give them today today if the president was going to walk in this kind of reverence that you're going to have will be so serious. Some of you would sit, okay? Even, yeah, some of you would sit, okay? Some of you would sit up. Some of you would tuck in properly. Check the mirror, make sure if, in, in case there's anything. What are you doing? There's reverence. Not because you are, you are afraid of him, but there's a certain way you regard him and you respect him. And I'll be honest with you. If there is one thing that so many people need to work on is reverence, the fear of the Lord. Reverence needs to be practiced everywhere, whether in, whether in private or in public. 
whether in a church setup like this i'm telling you imagine the bible says where the spirit of the lord is it says where two or three are gathered there i am in their midst this actually means god is in this place how can someone be in the presence of god and they are busy replying to statuses Ah, 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 ah. Where, where is the reverence? No, no, think about it. How can someone be in the presence of God and just from nowhere? I've got, I've got no problem with it, but just from nowhere, you just feel like going outside to answer a phone call. Have you ever done that in an exam room? Why? Because you reverence the exam. You've never in the exam room, you've never pa chandai atumi. Oh when? Boy, need more exam, kai in five minutes, it's up to me. No, you don't do that. Why is it that in the house of the Lord it's different? In the house of the Lord, that's when you want to chew your bubble gum like you're eating an apple. Your neighbor is so disturbed. White as snow. And then you where is the reverence? Where is the reverence? Even just moving outside, there are certain things that are understandable, like going to the bathroom. But I tell myself. I can go before service. I can tell myself, I'll go after service. Have you ever heard the preacher say, Praise him, Naboya first. One worshiping chorus. Manja manja. No, you never. There has to be reverence. There. There has to be reverence in the house of God. You've got to acknowledge that God is in such a meeting. You have to acknowledge that. You see, where God is not respected, where God is not revered, it shows that he's not valued. And where you don't value him, it doesn't manifest. It doesn't. That's why if you've ever heard a preacher demand for respect in the house of the Lord. It's because he wants a certain move. He will tell you, don't talk, don't, don't shake. In fact, don't move. Stand just like that. And someone is like, in fact, don't breathe. Why? Because there's a certain, there's a certain reward that reverence brings. The fear of the Lord is very important. Sometimes we want to be strategic in the house of the Lord just to make an appearance. You even kneel down. Can you use the open of Ghana? Asha wakes you up. You get upset. I'll see visions. What visions? No, the fear of the Lord has to return in the house of God. It has to. It, it definitely has to. We don't expect. 
a service is going on, you're answering phones, you're, you're, you're replying to messages. So me, the pastor is preaching and he's thinking as if he's made a nice point. Can't you are smiling because of the reply you received? No, 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 no. Reverence. But remember, the Bible shows us there is a reward for reverence. Do you want to see the reward for reverence? Let me show it to you quickly as we end. Let's rise to our feet as I'm showing it to you. Proverbs 19 verse 23. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. When you have the fear of the Lord, the value, the reverence of God, God will always keep you satisfied because you value Him. There are so many scriptures I can give concerning the fear of the Lord. One more, Proverbs 22 verse 4. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord, are what? Riches and honor and life. Riches, honor and life. Meaning there is a reward just by respecting God. And, and the Holy Spirit knows that you definitely need to give the Lord reverence. And so he comes to teach you that look, your problem it's not the seed they are sowing. The problem is not what your problem is you have no fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord demands a serious respect to God. How do you sing? You are great. Hear someone and say, You are great. You do miracles. So great. Where is the reverence in that? No, no, think about it. But have you observed? And when you sing like that, nothing will happen. But have you noticed if someone is going to sing it from their heart? They say, You are great. You do me.